Hello, welcome back to the Empowered Recovery Podcast. I am your host, Nick Javis. It is turning into fall. Uh, We're on the cusp of fall here when this is being recorded uh, in Northeast Ohio. The weather is getting a bit cooler. And that kind of energy and that buzz from summertime just all of a sudden just kind of came to a halt. And the air got crisp, the nights got cold, all the air conditioning stopped running. And, you know, you can feel this kind of, I don't know, hesitation and this pause that's coming. The, the point of this show is not to give you a weather report, um, but we're talking about seasons of life. I don't think that there is anything more important than that if we're in the context of the empowerment idea. I'll probably start every episode with this idea that there's nothing more important than what I'm about to say when it comes to empowerment, but... I really do believe that, you know, we can't talk about empowerment without this concept of seasons of life because we're never in the same place, even though day-to-day life seems redundant. We're, you know, going maybe to the same jobs. We're living in, living in the same places, seeing the same people, shopping at the same stores, You know, our life routine looks the same sometimes. But the reality is like we're transitioning into different seasons all the time. And it's really important for me, I'll speak for myself, to be fully aware of what season of life that I'm in. Awareness is the key. And I can explain a little bit about that. So, you know, this particular season of life that I'm in right now, um, got two young kids right now. They're three and almost one, two boys. And, you know, things are busy in my household. Um, laundry seems to never end. There's days, weeks where it just like a revolving thing. It just keeps coming and it, we, you know, we try to keep up with it, but then it sits there for a whole week until we get to the next run of laundry. And then that one sits there a week and we just kind of live out of a clothes basket for a while. Uh, dirty dishes sit in the sink all day long. Um, maybe the house is clean. Maybe it's not dinner is like a pretty serious event, you know, where we like prepare for it. My, my oldest son has food allergies. And so there's like some consideration to be put, you know, into that, which I believe there should be anyway. Uh, but it takes time and, you know, the focus is about how to, you know, better support my children in my household and not necessarily about what am I going to do after work today? You know, like what are my hobbies? What am I going to be 
you know, working on this afternoon? Um, or, or where am I going to go with my friends, you know, or, or where, where am I going to go golfing at, or I don't golf at this point, but you know, you get my drift, right? Like there's limited space for extracurricular activities at this point in my life. Now I'm not complaining. And if you, if you hear me complaining, somebody find me and punch me in the face. Um, the cool thing about this season of life that I'm in is that I, I told you my house is a mess, but my house also has like chalk drawings right on the sidewalk out the back door. Um, there's tiny little cars and little construction equipment machines in pretty much every room of the house in some form. There's little puzzles, there's drawings that, you know, my oldest has stuck on the windows and there's these little kind of these things that to the naked eye are going to seem really like, you know, subtle and, and not a big deal. But the awareness part of this is where I'm going with this. If I can understand that this is a season of life where there won't be chalk drawings on the back door, on the back porch of my house, in the next few years or these little drawings that are stuck on the windowsill of my office are not going to be there in two years, it makes them so valuable. It makes them so special and unique. And understanding that in the next two or three years, you know, or five years or 10 years, you know, children won't be as dependent, right? And that might provide more space for me to go do other things or my wife to do other things, you know, their mother. So if I'm, if I'm trying to tie all this together for you here, if I have lost the perspective of the season that I'm in, I'm going to start to resent what's happening, right? I'm going to resent the fact that I don't have the time to go golfing with my buddies or, you know, the house is not cleaned up or the dishes aren't being done or whatever, right? Like whatever things aren't up to my satisfaction because other things are in their place. Other things are taking up the time that I would, I would usually use to do these other things. You know, I'm going to start to resent that because I'm not in touch with the season of life that I'm in. It's almost like a metaphor being like, you know, it's the dead of winter and I'm going to go outside and try to grow bananas in Ohio, right? Like it's not going to happen. I'm disconnected from the fact that the season that I'm in doesn't support growing bananas or, or grapes for that matter. You know, like it, it has to be the right conditions and the right time. Everything has its own time. Um, I'll share another, another personal story real quick. So, and this has to do with directly with recovery in the, in the support group sense. Um, 
I spent and have spent a majority of my recovery journey in and around 12 step meetings. It's been a huge part of my, my journey. Um, and something interesting happened 2020, 2019, my son was born first son. And up until that point, I'd been going to a lot of AA meetings. I'd been, you know, really connected and probably, I don't know, three or four months after my son was born, maybe, maybe a little bit longer. Um, I look around, uh, this actually, this is how it came to be. My wife and I were moving into a new place and we had this huge table that we had bought and we needed to get it into our, our apartment we were living in. And I'm like, we're, we're, her and I, um, we're not going to be able to lift this thing into the, into the place. So who can I call? And I start picking up the phone to call some people. And I realized that this core group of friends that I had made in the 12 step scene, um, they were gone. Like they moved away. Um, three of them moved like different States. A couple of them actually died. Uh, over the course of about nine months to a year, these people that were really involved in my life and I was involved in theirs just sort of dissipated and things changed. And I turn around and I basically have nobody to call. And I'm thinking, wow, that's, it's really interesting how that happened. And at the same time, you know, my, my family life is changing. I've got a son, we're moving into a house. Like there's all this stuff that is changing that also needs my attention. And so without getting into a a longer drawn out story with a lot of different details, the moral of it is I was in a different season of life and I could feel this change happening where I was getting pulled out of 12 step meetings at the time and being pulled into my household with my wife, my relationship there, my, my child, like everything that was going on there needed my attention. I wanted to give it my attention and the attention and energy that was being put into 12 step meetings wasn't there anymore. It moved to a different place and I was transitioning into a different season of life that looked like having kids, having a wife, having a home, building a home, building a family and going all in on that. And I had to accept that I was going through that transition. And I also had to know within myself that I was doing the right thing for myself because externally and even, you know, in the back of my mind, not in a healthy way, I was being told, well, you can't stop going to meetings, right? You need to make them both work. And I understand I understand the thought process because I've told somebody that a thousand times and I understand why that that message is there. 
but it didn't fit me at the time. Intuitively, I knew where I needed to be. And is it to say that I couldn't have squeezed a meeting in here and there? Of course I could. Um, but the reality was, is that I was going through a transition that I knew was right for me and I acted accordingly because I was being, I was aware of how I felt and what my life needed at the time. And I sort of did that against other people's opinions. And this is the whole crux of this empowerment idea because as people in the recovery space, I feel like we could do better empowering people to make these types of decisions for themselves instead of trying to force them into a narrative that either worked for us or we believe works for other people. And we think we know what's best for people. We think we know what other people need to do, et cetera, et cetera, right? That's not really true. And I think we can all say that that doesn't work and we don't know what's best for other people. We can't even begin to understand and grasp and internalize another person's experience. Like you can't even, you can't even go there at all. The tip of the iceberg, you know? That's all you get. You get a snapshot of somebody's life and then you somehow take the role of telling them what you think is best for them. Um, so am I against feedback? Of course not. Am I against advice? Uh, sometimes. <laughs> um, but that's not really what I'm saying. What, I, what I'm getting at here is that we could do better at teaching people and guiding people and leading people into a place where they are in tune with what they need and supporting them in the process of help of them getting it, getting the support that they need to make a transition, to work through trauma, or some kind of blockage and thrive. You know, I can't say what my life would have been like at the time if I was going to meetings regularly while having a young child in the particular situation that I was in. Would it have put a strain on my marriage or my relationship with my kid? I can't say because I didn't play it that way. All I know is that I did what was best for me and my family. In turn, it was what was best for my sobriety, my recovery, my mental health, all those things. I can say that because I lived it. Um, would that be the same situation for another person that in a, that looks like they're in the same situation? I, I don't know. But I believe that everybody knows or at least can figure out what they think they need at any given moment. And again, awareness of the season of life that we're in is the key, right? We're not trying to fit ourselves into a different place, force ourselves 
into doing this or doing that or not doing this or not doing that and putting all this pressure on ourselves to fit, right? If we can embrace and be aware of where we are now, it sort of sets the stage for what we what we think we need and what's going to fit that particular season. So we can all ask ourselves, you know, where are we? What season is this? What does it look like? I would challenge you to really think about that and explain it to yourself or to other people or somebody you're close to. Like, this is the season of life that I'm in. It looks like this. It's a relationship that I'm in. Um, or I'm single and I'm going through this transition with my work or my living space or my kids are grown and they're leaving and, you know, my partner and I are figuring out what that looks like for us. And, you know, like everybody's in their own season and each season has those characteristics. And if we're in tune with that season, we can better prepare for what's to come. Um, we can sow better seeds. It's exactly what I'm getting ready to do here in Northeast Ohio. The garden is, is dying from the summer and I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the, the, the decay and the ability to come in there and till everything up, regenerate the soil and let it rest. Um, because come next spring, we're going to have a better garden. There's some things we learned this year that, um, could only have been learned by going through it and making mistakes. And now we know what some of those mistakes are and we'll do better next time. But I'm not going to go outside in, in the fall and start planting tomatoes because they won't make it. So there's a, a weather, a weather and a gardening lesson for you. Hope it's helpful. And I hope that possibly this conversation sparks uh, another level of awareness or some kind of insight into what's next, what kind of transition that you might be in or your partner or somebody close to you. And maybe that becomes a spot of empathy where you can understand, you know, I can't understand what you're going through. This is a good point. And it comes up a lot in coaching, um, but mainly just in relationships. It's like, I can't understand what you're going through. I can't understand how that feels or what that looks like to you, but I can understand and see that you're going through a transition. I know what transition feels like. I understand what it's like to be, you know, turning chapters in a book and how that's uncomfortable or it's painful or it's scary or it's exciting or it's, you know, all of the things that I understand. And we can all relate 
on those levels, not necessarily the logistics, you know, the, the specifics of what's in the chapter, so to speak. So I think, I think if we can all try to connect with each other on that lived experience point of, Hey, I know, I know what transition is like. How, how can I support you? You know, asking those types of questions. Um, I think that it's sets the stage for empowerment and, and giving each other the support to make those transitions because let's face it, we're all going through a transition. We're always transitioning just a question of to what or from what. And again, you know, what are those details? So happy planting, wish you well on your journey, uh, in whatever transition that you're in, whatever season you're, you're in or coming from or going into. Stay tuned for some more episodes. And if you've just now found this, um, I, I encourage you to go back to some of the newer ones, uh, or the, some of the beginning ones and see how you, how you like those and how they resonate with you. And if that sparks any, any further conversation you want to have, let's get in touch. I love talking about this kind of stuff, not just to myself. So thanks for listening.